big. He's not just one person. He's businesses. He's properties that he owns. He's just, you know, he's Floyd Mayweather. But he's one out of thousands and thousands and thousands of fighters around the country and around the world who fight for very little and retire with very little, if anything. Jackie, you've had the pleasure of working with a number of different boxers. Tell me some of the one, some of the most memorable moments um, of working with uh, one of the fighters that you represented as their manager. Well, you know, I've worked with Thomas Hitman Hearns for 43 years as his publicist. And that is what really got me into the business. And he's an amazing man. He's accomplished so much. He's a seven-time world champion. And working with him taught me a lot about the sport itself and about composure. Um, He's the kind of man that will always give an autograph, pose for a picture. And even though he's a Hall of Famer and one of the top boxers, most people will include him in their top 10. He's humble. And I think I learned a lot about humility from him. James Tony, who's a fighter that I managed and became a world champion um, several times over. James, to me, was a champion just waiting to happen. When I found him, he was about 19 years old. He had been kind of dabbling with drugs on the streets and not amounting to much. But I saw in him something that I believed I could bring out of him and take him to a title. And on, uh, I guess it was May 10th, 1991, he was fighting Michael Nunn in Davenport, Iowa. 20 to 1 underdog, by the way. No one thought he would win. We fought the guy in his hometown with all of his fans and maybe 30 people in our little corner. And he knocked him out. And that fight put him on the map and put me on the map as a manager. And that was probably the most memorable moment for me. Mm. In the fighting industry, uh, well, in the boxing industry, let me just say that there is so many pros and cons. What are some of the pros that you think of when you talk about boxing? Well, obviously the pros are the discipline that you learn. You have to get up and run. You have to do so many setups. You have to jump rope. You have to spire. You have to hit the heavy bag. You have to hit the speed bag. You have to work that bead leather medicine ball and hit it against you until you build up a strong midsection for those body punches. It's a lot of discipline and camaraderie. You know, you have to be friendly with the fighters on your immediate little team in the gym you work with because they may need you to spar with them one day. You might not feel like it, but you might need them one day. So you have to be a team player within an individual sport. And I think that it teaches you the pros of it are also teaches you accepting loss because almost every fighter is going to lose somewhere along the line. It's very rare, very rare to retire undefeated. So it teaches you, obviously, like they say, the, you know, the beauty of victory, the glory of victory, but also learn to accept defeat. And I think that's another great lesson. One of the cons, of course, you mentioned it is the the lack of uniform pay. Um, Another con is that you can get a bad decision. You know, when you lose a football game, it's clear that you lost the game. You can lose a fight and you didn't really lose. It was bad judging and that hurts more than anything to know you won, but you didn't get the win. So bad judging is, is another, I think, uh, 
another con to it. And the unscrupulous side of it, you know, the fixed fights that I think still happen. Um, I wouldn't really call them fixed fights, but, you know, maybe the judges see something a little more one way or the other. Um, I just think that there's still a little underbelly to boxing that we really don't need. But on a scale of pros and cons, I'd say the pros outweigh the cons, but not disproportionately. There's still a lot of negatives. You know, will we see the game turn around at any point in time where boxers are paid uh, a well, a, a salary, not a salary, but they should be paid like any other athlete, if you ask me, because they take, uh, I mean, this sport is brutal. That The head concussions and the CTA that comes from it, I've actually worked with football players. CTE. CTE? CTE. Did I say CTA? Am I thinking about the Chicago transportation system? <laughs> anyway. The, the, yeah. Oh, boy. But the concussions. The yeah, the CTE is a real problem. Yeah. And so this is a lifelong journey and it's no different than having dementia or Alzheimer's. Uh, and these well, guys- it's called, it is actually, not to interrupt you, but it is actually a thing. It's called pugilistica dementia. And it, it is a form of dementia that affects athletes that fight and take repeated blows to the head. So it's an actual thing. You know, you're you're referring to a real condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with that being said, if there's no health benefits, no, you know, no. I wonder if people are really giving that consideration before getting into the sport to push the commissioners to make sure that this is being done. And I've always been curious to how could they create that for other sports? And like you said, there are a lot of things that go into play. Um, And I'm just wondering if we will see that Mike Tyson and Roy Jones just came back. What were your thoughts about that when you saw it? Well, it was, entertaining. I'll say that. It wasn't a real fight. And I don't think anyone really thought it was a real fight because Mike Tyson, you know, is a much heavier man and a much bigger puncher. And in a real fight, you know, I think he would have beat Roy Jones easily. But I think what people didn't realize was that in California, when you do what's called an exhibition fight, you can't have a winner or a loser. It has to be considered a draw. So it was purely, I think, for the fun of seeing these two guys back in the ring again. They both have a tremendous following. So I think their fans wanted to see them back in that setting again. But it wasn't a real fight that was competitive in any way. So if you looked at it as what it was, it was very entertaining. And the whole evening was full of music and other things. So it was an entertaining night. Mm, interesting. With that being said, it sparked another, it sparked the interest of young people, millennials, generation X, Y, Z, and stream generation uh, to now start back watching boxing. You see a heavier um, traffic for the industry. Um, so I think that's a good thing. And how, how, but what do you think? What do you think? Do you think it's on a comeback? Do you think that it's going to be like it was when Mike Tyson fought, um, where the audience is just waiting and we're packing in the seats at the casinos? You know, I always think about that because those were the golden days. 
you know, when, when we would go to the Hearns Leonard or the Marvin Hagler, um, Sugar Ray Leonard fight and all the stars would be sitting ringside and we'd be at Caesar's palace with 25,000 people and all the high rollers would be there and everyone would be dressed to the max. Those days were, um, it's not like that anymore. Um, when we had Muhammad Ali, we had the heavyweight champion of the world and everybody knew it. And same with Mike Tyson. But since then, you know, Lennox Lewis, our champion, he was from England. Uh, Klitschko was from the Ukraine. So we haven't really had a, an American heavyweight champion that we could all get behind and be proud of. And really, Mayweather is the only champion that anybody's really known, just the average man on the street in the last 10 years. So we don't have a marquee name in our sport. And then along came MMA and people were fascinated by that. And that draws a younger audience. Boxing tends to draw more of the purists, the older fans that remember the good days. So we do have to work a little harder to get these younger fans to like boxing. And I think it's going to take some more stars. We need that star power. We need some, some really big names in boxing that people can get behind again. And we need to bring back the glamour. We need to get dressed up and go to the big fights. And we have to make it an event like the Super Bowl or the World Series or the Kentucky Derby. Right now, boxing is just boxing. And I think a lot of it's the pandemic. But you look at a UFC fight and they are starting to be the ones that all the celebrities go to. So, you know, we have a lot of work to do in boxing. And, you know, I, I really hope the sport bounces back because when it's great, there's nothing like a championship fight in Vegas. Nothing. It's it's just the greatest. But it's been a long time since we've had that. Mm, interesting. Hopefully it'll come back. You have something that's amazing that's going on. I know you got to get to your next taping. So tell us more about the show before we cut, but I'd love for you to share with my audience more about your show. Well, my show out of the ring is so exciting for anybody that likes boxing young or old, because I'm going to be talking to the older fighters. I'm going to be talking to the young up and coming fighters. I'm going to be talking to some of the managers and trainers and promoters that are behind the scenes. I'll talk to some matchmakers who will explain how they match these fights. I'll talk to cut men who talk about some of the worst cuts that they've ever handled. Talk to boxing writers who can give you their view of the sport as a journalist. And I think that I'll cover all the bases when it comes to the sweet science. So if you love boxing or even have any interest in it, I think you'll find out of the ring the place to go to, to get all the best stories and all the up-to-date information on what's going on in our sport. Awesome, Jackie. I can't wait to see Out of the Ring. It's going to be awesome. It's going to rock. And we're going to cut because you got to get to your next taping. I'm excited. Have a blessed day. Thank you so much, Ms. Collins, for joining me here. I will be back in an hour, girl. Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.